Hi, you're listening to LGBT and Faith, where we look at inclusive approaches around the globe that bring people of faith and LGBT people together. I'm Henry from Yuga, Asia, the Asian region of the International Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, Trans and Intersex Association. And I'm Klaus Müller, founder and chair of the Salzburg Global LGBT Forum. In this series, we share audio versions of blogs that were published as part of our ongoing global online forum on LGBT and faith. You'll hear from members and leaders of faith communities from within Judaism, Islam, Christianity, Hinduism, Buddhism and Sikhism, as well as from agnostics, atheists, anthropologists and cultural believers, queer or straight. We believe in the fundamental values of LGBT equality and religious freedom. For our first episode, we're going to hear from Yuga Asia's very own board member, Dr. Brenda Allegre. As a child, I would pray to God to make me a woman one day. Mabuhay, I am Brenda Rodriguez Alegre. I am an academic, an activist, a choir soprano, and somehow an expert on Filipino transgender history. And I am here to make a passionate plea for Filipino queers and all queer people to re-emerge and be more visible and accepted in a religious society. Before I proceed, I would like to describe to you this image that appears on the website of my blog. This is a mural that was painted by Carlos Botong Francisco, a Filipino, and it's entitled The History of Philippine Medicine. I decided to choose this image because it captures the amazing and powerful history of pre-colonial trans, queer, and women healers of my country. This blog is part of a series for the Salzburg Global LGBT Forum's program on LGBT and faith. Read more from here, salzburgglobal.org forward slash go forward slash LGBT forward slash blog. I used to pray like this. I was probably seven years old when I started praying to Mother Mary and God to make me a woman one day. I would pray like this consistently until I turned 12. Why did I start praying for this in the first place? And why do I pray? To whom do we pray? I grew up in the Philippines, a predominantly Christian country colonized by Spain for about 400 years and then by the USA for nearly 100 years. Spain brought Christianity to the Philippines and the US would later reinforce it before Portuguese navigator Ferdinand Magellan, a leading Spanish expedition, accidentally discovered a part of my country in 1521. We did not have a particular religion. And perhaps it is possible to assume that we did not really have a binary gender system. Our people used to worship nature and took care of it well. You may want to call it paganism and atheism now, 
But then, we did not call it anything. It was our way of life. We used to have shamans and high priests or priestesses called differently from province to province. Babaylanes, Asog, Catalonan. These names and others would denote venerable and respected people whose genders and sexualities were vague, pluralist, transgressive, or transcendent. Nowadays, you might identify those amazing groups of people are trans people, intersex or non-binary people, but regardless, they existed in our society long before Christianity and long before we were enslaved and erased. Much as our culture has been shaped by this colonization experience, colonialization also meant to be gendered through and through, such as being given gendered names and clothes and preferences. Even our futures were gendered. Either we become the masculinos, like doctors, construction workers, police, soldiers, priests, farmers, lawyers, politicians, or the femininas, mothers, nuns, daughters, servers, maids, or prostitutes, and no one is supposed to be in between. Therefore, being queer was unthinkable. LGBT plus people were virtually erased from history, and it was gravely entrenched in our system that it is a sin and immoral to be queer. Therefore, retracing colonial queer identities become impossible. Yet, by the 1940s, somehow, queer people found their way back to consciousness. Well, this is not to say we were gone for 400 plus years, but it is hard to figure out why we were not written or spoken of. Because of Japanese occupation during World War II, a truly dark and painful aspect of our history, we discover that there were transgender women who were raped by soldiers and forced to prostitution. One of them was Walterina Markova, a famous cross-dressing performer during the Japanese rule. Her story was even made into a movie portrayed by our country's most famous comedy actor. From there on, it seemed that queer people are portrayed by cisgender and straight people for the sake of glory and story. Still, at a time where we are not as invisible as we were, we were being pushed to the sidelines again. All because our Catholic and Christian society is not ready for our aberration or culture and continue to be cast as immoral. Yet the Philippines, like its Southeast Asian sister, Thailand, seem to produce water that nurtures a queer population, figuratively speaking, because queer people remain visible in other ways, in the streets, in the beauty salons, in the dark, in the fashion scenes, and behind the scenes of arts and culture. Again, they stereotype and typified us, but we gleefully and forcibly embraced our fate, yet lived our truths. Transgender people did not have the vocabulary to identify ourselves as separate from other queer people, 
So we were all conjoined as if being queer is a range from least to queerest. As our politics transition from one of tyranny to clear democracy, and as our society plunged in poverty and regressions, our queer folks remained resilient in spite of being denied opportunities and even to some point, murdered. Transfigurations, transpenizing the journey of faith and acceptance. Finally, by the 1990s and the 2000s, when queer collective movements were fortified, trans people emerged more visibly and we called ourselves Transpinais and Transpinois. We now have unique stories to tell. Yet, in our stories, we discover how oppressed we have been and that our unique victories were exceptions rather than norm. Transpinized like 26-year-old Jennifer Laude in 2014 and 23-year-old Barbie and Riley in 2016, where Hainu was demurdered by foreign men and our fellow citizens cheered, even condemned the fallen instead of fighting for their justices. On the 8th of September 2020, the Philippine President Rodrigo Duterte granted absolute pardon to Jennifer Laude's murderer after he served slightly less than six years of prison time. Whereas many convicted felons involving homicide constitute life imprisonment, the U.S. Marine who violently killed her due to his claim of a trans-panic meaning he claimed he did not know she was trans in spite of evidences of them having sex, was set free. This was caused both uproar and fear among some Filipinos, as it not only reflects questionable aspects of justice in our country, but makes us question how our society devalues trans lives and perhaps queer lives in general. After all, we have no gender recognition, same-sex union, or anti-discrimination laws. Even after Jennifer's murder, many Filipinos continued to misgender and deadname Jennifer by using her male birth name. Her murderer referred to her as it instead of her. This is an experience I have also had, being referred to with the pronoun it instead of her or the incessant use of him, as if they will never accept that I identify as a woman. Sadly, many justify that the injustices we experience occur because as trans and queer, we are considered as sinful and immoral and that our lives are not Christian-like. In all these pains, our church would not even stand up for us nor support our heed for gender recognition, sex equality, and anti-discrimination. Instead, the church would still remind us that being queer is a lifestyle and that they accept the sinner, not our sin, as our sin of being us or our being authentic selves. Today, Transpenize and the rest of the Philippine Queer Collective continue to live day to day, struggle and survive, succeed and fail, live and die. Yet some of us continue to have faith, including me.
I still believe in God, although now I am not trapped in the idea that our God is cisgender, straight and white, and from Europe. He could come from anywhere, like, look like anyone, and is genderless. However, it is not exactly this faith that keeps me optimistic for a bright future as a transpinai. It is seeing others like me accept themselves and live their lives as if there is nothing painful surrounding our existence. I am inspired by my fellow transpinais and queer people, and this make me go back to God every night that my prayer of being a woman is not my priority now since I determine who I am. It is a prayer for acceptance and love that hopefully one day soon my people and my country will love our queerness and authentic selves completely and that hopefully God will not allow our lives to remain volatile. Thank you. I am Brenda Rodriguez Alegre. These episodes are audio versions from a series of blogs produced by Salzburg Global Fellows, taking part in the Global Online Forum on LGBT and Faith. Head to salzburgglobal.org slash go slash LGBT to read the written version of this blog and learn more about our ongoing work. You can also reach out to Yoga Asia on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Yoga Asia to know more about our work. Next week, we'll be hearing from Joy Ladin, Yeshiva University English professor and poet on how faith communities and leaders can see LGBT people as us and not them.